coming soon. Steve Tilling was a coach driver on the edge. I don't care if there's no drivers, I'm not doing it. But Steve, Carling's got the lurgy and Ronson had a fender bender. But little does he know, his day's about to get a whole lot worse. Hold the horn, Mr. Hold the horn! Shut up! Do you know how fast you're going back there, sir? No, and I don't care! Right, that'll be three points on your license, and I have to inform your superiors. It's rip-rawing fun for the entire family. Mummy, why is the stupid man not doing anything? I'm having my legal break! Legal break. Coming soon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Tom Brand Show. Hello, and welcome to The Tom Brand Show, the place where we ponder life's trials and tribulations, and hopefully discover some rather interesting things in the process. With the much-anticipated release of Legal Break coming up, today we're going to be taking a look into the weird and wonderful world of employment, investigating the oddest jobs around the world, and asking our audience today's big question, which is, why do you bother? In the interest of public health, we're sending our canine compadre, Winstoni and Proponian, to investigate the back areas of establishments you rarely get to see. Oh. Indeed. I wonder what grubby findings he'll uncover this time. Look forward to that later on, but first, it's living a lie. I hate my situation, but I'm scared to try. I guess that's why I'm living a lie. Alright, this is Living a Lie, the part of the show where our listeners confess to not doing quite what they want with their lives. We should have Jack on the line from Fulham. Hello, Jack. Hi, Tom. So, Jack, tell us why you're living a lie. Well, I'm a banker, which, don't get me wrong, pays really well. I just don't get any satisfaction from it. Mm. I always wanted to be a paramedic, but my dad pressured me into doing finance. Do you feel like life's passing you by, Jack? Yeah, I do. Oh, I just I don't know what to do, to be honest. Well, I know a good place to start. Let's sing the song. Oh, really? Yep, it'll make you feel better. Well, I've always felt like there was a woman inside me waiting to come out. Mm -hmm. Her name's Gloria, but I've always been too scared to release her. Oh, I see. Uh, well... What do you think? Should I let her out? By all means, Dave. Gloria, be the person that you want to be. Uh, should I sing the song now? Um, uh, no. <laughs> nah, don't do that. I might get cancelled. Uh, best of luck to you, though. I hate my situation, but I'm scared to try. I guess that's why I'm living a lie. All right, more of that next week. But now it's time to take a trip into the weird world of employment. Yes, the world of work is changing, ladies and gentlemen, and changing fast. As automation technology progresses, in the not-too-distant future, large numbers of jobs currently held by humans will increasingly be occupied by machines. 
Philippines. Today we see it in the form of online customer service bots, Amazon warehouse workers and the labour leadership, though as time progresses more and more jobs will be at risk of part or total automation. And if you're listening to this as a lawyer or insurance underwriter thinking, <laughs> that never happened to me, you can be more wrong. Klaus Schwab is the founder of the World Economic Forum and author of the book The Fourth Industrial Revolution, and in it he writes that as computing power continues to grow exponentially, the work of professionals as different as lawyers, financial analysts, doctors, journalists, accountants, insurance underwriters or librarians may be partly or completely automated. But with so many jobs at risk of being taken over by machines, what will remain for those of us that still wander the earth, dreaming of the times when we were still number one? Well, have no fear. I did some digging around and I found a few jobs that rely entirely on human senses. Among them were dry paint watcher and dog food taster. And what I discovered was that if you are one of those out there who don't derive a huge amount of satisfaction from your job, after this you may have an entirely new perspective. Of all the jobs I came across, the one that really caught my attention was that of the professional fart sniffer. Yes, believe it or not, this job actually exists in some parts of China. The nature of the job, I think, is pretty self-explanatory, but the reasoning behind it is something that I think many in the West will struggle to understand. A page I found about the job on LiveScience.com explains it better than I can. Some Chinese who practice alternative medicine apparently believe that each person's flatulence has particular nuances. Bitter, savoury, sweet, fishy. And these undertones can be used to detect diseases by a trained expert with a sharp sense of smell, according to Rocket News 24. An unusually meaty smell, for example, might be interpreted as an indication of intestinal bleeding or tumours. Well, if you think there's no way you'd ever entertain sniffing farts for a living, just know it pays more than you might think. In fact, let's have a quick game. Uh, try to guess, ladies and gents, what the average annual salary for a professional fart sniffer is. Uh, I'll give you a couple of seconds to think about that. Alright, got your figure? Well, if you said $60,000 or £52,000 due to the awful exchange rate, you'd be right according to the internet, which as we all know is never wrong about anything. Still, this kind of salary is no laughing matter in the People's Republic of China, and if you think being a fart sniffer is a bit of a dos, you'd be wrong. To quote a paragraph from gizmodo.com, those hoping to break into the industry must be aged between 18 and 45, completely abstain from smoking and alcohol, and be free of any kind of nasal impairment or related illness. If you fit the bill, then you must undergo a series of smell recognition tests and complete a long training course. Only then, ladies and gentlemen, will you receive your certification to smell other people's farts on a daily basis. A series of smell recognition tests, eh? Well, tell me, what does this smell of? Farts, huh? Good, and this one? More farts! Fantastic job! Here's your certificate, your parents must be so proud. Well, it wouldn't be the Tom Brancher if we didn't put this to the test, and that's why we've hired our very own professional fart sniffer all the way from China. Please welcome to the studio, ladies and gentlemen, Yulong Zheng! <laughs> Yulong, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Tom. So, how long have you been a professional fart sniffer? Um, about five years now. Oh, wow. And what made you want to start? 
Uh, well, always had a good sense of smell and money good, so I thought, why not sniff farts for a living? And I have to ask, what's the worst fart you've ever smelt? Uh, probably a sumo wrestlers in Japan. Uh, they hired me to go work in dojo, but I don't think they're really interested in the medical mm. side. I think it's more just a joke for them. Well, it certainly is not a joke for us, Yulong, and you've come all the way here to give our listeners a little demonstration of your talents. Is that right? That's right, Tom. Good stuff. Well, you'll be working with Derek here, who's going to supply the goods. Come over, Derek. Where do you want me? Uh, just stand there. I'll bend down. Okay. Mm. You ready? Right. <coughs> ready? Go! <laughs> What's your interpretation, <laughs> Doctor? <coughs> you, <coughs> you put something in there and make it worse. Oh, I never. <laughs> All right, you long. Any ideas about what might be in that? <laughs> I'm, I'm done doing this. Man, man, not human. He's a filthy pig. I'm going. Oh, oh, you long. Come on now. Oh, <laughs> he's gone. Oh, all right, never mind. Thanks, Derek. <laughs> Cheers. Well, I guess Derek gave those sumo wrestlers a run for their money, and the British now hold the title for both the world's worst tourists and the worst farts. We're going to take a short break now, but we'll be back in just a minute after a quick word from one of our sponsors. Death is a natural part of life, and something we all have to face. But what happens when it strikes too soon and leaves you feeling lost? When my father passed suddenly, we were heartbroken, and we just weren't ready to say goodbye. At Borrowed Time, we give you the ability to make peace with the event at your own pace. Our human taxidermy services preserve not only the image, but the memory of your loved one until you feel you're ready to let go. At first I was apprehensive, but having Dad back in the house just feels right. It took a while, but the kids are getting used to him now too. Our groundbreaking post-mortem joint technology allows full flexibility of your loved one enabling them to attend almost any family occasion. Christmas dinner just wouldn't be the same without our mum. She always was the life and soul of the party. And after, she has a nice lie down in the living room, just like she always did. Call Borrow Time today on 0800 706 334 for grandparents that last a lifetime. Fantastic service there. Just make sure if you do use it, not to leave your relative outside in the rain. A couple in Dorset decided to use revamped Gramps as part of a Halloween display outside their house one year. Forgot he was there, and let's just say the results were very disturbing indeed. Now it's time for our song you don't know from a band you haven't heard of. If this is your first time listening, this is the part of the show where we showcase music from aspiring artists who are trying to get their name out there. If you fit into this category and would like your music to be featured on the show, please send a link to your demo to artist at the tombrandshow.com. That's artist at the tombrandshow.com, and I'll be happy to help. Depending on the level of response, this part of the show could be extended or even become its own show entirely. So please get those demos in as soon as you can. Without further ado, this is an artist who describes her sound as a blend of dream pop with cinematic arrangements. This is Anto Dust with a Larkin. Cold before the fall When it rains once more 
good stuff and be sure to get those demos in for next time. But now, what goes on behind closed doors? Well, in my house, it really gets more exciting than a broken glass or a drunken tiff, but commercially, it could be a different story entirely. Uh, yes, depending on the establishment, there's no telling what sordid stories are going missed every day when a watchful eye is absent. But how many of us out there have ever actually seen behind the scenes of a casino, a strip club or a kebab shop? Chances are not many and that's why we've sent our canine compadre to get an inside glimpse into the workings behind the most secretive of establishments. That's right ladies and gentlemen, here's a go into the country's seedy end of the belly so you don't have to, it's Winstonian Papodian! Can you hear me? Alright, and you're in Blackpool today, the only place in England with a strip club, a casino and a kebab shop all within 100 metres of each other. And you're going to start with the casino, is that right? Okay then, off you go boy, tell us what you find. Heading into the back area now, where you, you see what, sorry? A man tied to a chair, oh dear, very 70s. Get this mud out of here! Oh dear, Winston, what was that? And there I was thinking they were just part of 90s pop culture. Anyway, moving on to the strip club now. Can you get into the back area? Alright, tell us what you see. No way, with pigs! <laughs> I know it's Blackpool, Winston, but you can't expect us to believe that. Oh dear, well in that case, get on out of there! Good God, I despair of humanity. Anyway, on to the last stop now, the kebab shop. What's their food hygiene rating, Winston? Well, this should be fun then. Off you go. Alright, tell us what you see. They're using what for dinner meat? Oh my god, this will make the horse meat scandal look like a tea party. Get out of there, Winston, before you see what they put in the garlic sauce. Excellent job. He's a good boy, isn't he? Oh, yes, he is. We'll have another scoop for Winston next week, but now it's time for today's big question. Most adults in the UK, I'd say, are fortunate enough to have a job, and if you're very lucky, it will be a job that you enjoy. Though, for many people out there, work is just a means to an end. A way to pay the bills and avoid sitting on the sofa watching whatever they replaced Jeremy Carr with since he got cancelled. Still, employment and our society's view of it has changed drastically over time. Rewind to medieval times where your 75% probability of being a serf meant you were more than likely to live a life of severe hardship, toiling fields as a man, or slaving away domestically as a woman. You really were in a situation where you were working to live. Refuse to work and you'd have been imprisoned, tortured or killed, and hope for a better life was simply inconceivable for most. Fast forward a few hundred years to the beginning of the Industrial Revolution and, while more advanced technologically, by modern standards working conditions were still very grim. Young children worked the coal mines or in factories, risking death or serious injury on a daily basis. Workers' rights were practically still non-existent and the idea of social mobility still more or less a fantasy. 
Skip forward just a couple of hundred years to today and our lives are practically incomparable to even those of our great grandparents. These days you can call in sick and get paid for it, take paid holidays, sue your employer and even buy a device on Amazon that moves your mouse while you quote unquote work from home while binging Squid Game for the third time on Netflix. Still, despite these massive advances in workers' rights and comfort, many people out there still struggle to derive any satisfaction from their jobs. With many Gen Zers refusing to take up full-time employment altogether, instead choosing to focus on work-life balance rather than attempting to save for a mortgage that, to them, seems as unobtainable as the workers' rights of previous generations. Still, for those stuck in a rut, there lies a very important question, and indeed the big question of today, which is, why do you bother? Let's get to it. Alright, we should have Sandy on the line from Devon. Hello, Sandy. Hi, Tom. All right, tell us about your job, Sandy. Oh, it's a nightmare. My boss is well creepy and always flirting with me. And last week, I'm pretty sure he cut a lock of his hair off and left it in my drawer. God, really? Yeah, the worst part is, I don't even think it was from his head. That is incredible, Sandy. Why do you bother? Oh, I don't know. I think about a change of scenery fast. Uh, anyway, thanks for calling. Thanks, Tom. Next on the line is Rob from Horsham. How are you, Rob? Uh, good, thanks, Tom. All right, tell us about your job, Rob. Uh, I'm a third-rate clown at kids' parties. Oh, what'd you go by? Oh, I wanted to be Bozo, but since I've only got one leg, the kids will call me Pogo. It is very degrading. Oh, dear. Are you a sad clown? Oh, I'm not sure there's any other kind, is there? Why do you bother, Rob? Oh, I don't know. Thanks for calling. Cheers. Last on the line is James from Maidstone. Hi, James. Hi, sir. What do you do then, James? Well, I uh, sit in trials in court and take notes. Uh, pretend to be a journalist. Oh, why'd you do that? Uh, uh, just haven't got much else going on and I thought it would make me look important. Do you write in shorthand? What's that? Oh, come on, James. Why do you bother? Oh, God knows. Thanks for calling. Cheers. Good stuff. Another big question next week. But now I'd like to finish with a bit of food for thought. Uh, whether you love your job, hate it or sit somewhere in between, modern work is more comfortable than any other time in history. And while technology has brought about a bounty of choice and unparalleled opportunity, it's also made us lose sight of the past and forget just how lucky we are to have a job in the first place, let alone one that provides benefits such as paid sick leave, holiday and the ability to sit in a Teams call with your boss while being sat butt naked on the toilet. If the modern office worker was sent back in time to work the coal mines, it's fair to say that the majority would not be able to make the adjustment. And while this is only a hypothetical, what is set in reality is that what you do for work is something you have control over. If you really are miserable in what you do, it might be time to consider something else. There are a whole manner of ways to retrain these days, from even in college classes to online or self study and while it may be a daunting addition to an already packed schedule you might find that once you get stuck in you actually enjoy the extra work and begin to see it as more of a hobby than a chore. After all if something gives you a sense of satisfaction and accomplishment then having it pay you as well is the ultimate key to employment happiness. 
That's all for now. If you enjoyed the show, please get involved on social media. And if you really enjoyed the show, you might consider subscribing to our Patreon page for a pound a month. That'll get you access to exclusive content such as Tom Brand's Funny Five Minutes, give you a chance to voice characters on the show, the occasional Q&A session, and most importantly, give me the ability to make more of it. Until next time, though, take care and be sure to tune in again for more of The Tom Brand Show.